I'm just gonna be who I always wanted to be, which is me, right? Yeah. I've always wanted to be me. I just now I'm expressing it more. Hello, and welcome to Reclaim Your Radiance, a podcast where we discuss the most intimate parts of the human experience. Let's take a deep dive into self-love, sexual pleasure, and absolutely everything in between. I'm your host, Chris Hall, and each week we will be joined by one fabulous friend, and sometimes that friend will just be me, to talk about how we can all become our most radiant selves. Are you ready? Let's get to it. I am here with Handro, in person for once, in Vancouver, Canada, who has indicated that he would like to be introduced as a male, cisgendered, queer Latino who identifies as gay with the pronouns he, him. Handro is 30 years old and grew up in El Salvador. I reached out to Handro to be on today's episode because he is just a fabulous, fabulous human who has recently self-started his own music career, who co-owns and is creative lead of a business with his best friend from art school, and who is just a loud and proud gay man who oozes radiance with every step he takes. I am so excited for you to meet him. Hey, what's up? Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, oh my gosh, you were one of the, like the first people I thought of when I oh. started this podcast. <laughs> I feel very uh oh my gosh i'm missing one. i feel very uh <laughs> god god go back <laughs> thank you i'm trying to say thank you <laughs> you're so welcome it's an honor to have you on uh so tell me you turned i turned 30 this year how crazy <gasps> is that i didn't even uh. wait was i at your 30th birthday <laughs> no you were uh my uh did you come to the, to the circus party? Was that? I did, yeah. 29th. Oh, that, that was, was 29th. That was my party. Yeah. yeah, that was my favorite. Oh, yeah. 30 was not as fun, but <laughs> I was with family, which was nice. That was nice. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's start with tell me. So you grew up in El Salvador. El Salvador. Yes. So I grew up in El Salvador, very conservative in a very Christian household. My dad um, is, uh, you know, from a uh, his his family is Protestant, so he's very much like uh, in Spanish in, in El Salvador they're called evangelicals. I don't know what the equivalent would be here, but my mom's side is Catholic, and she turned she converted to uh, evangelism because of my dad. And so my but my for my dad's side of the family, they come from a, a you know they're all like super religious. Go to church. They go to church every Sunday they like my aunt is a missionary she still is still today like so i was very much very much into that kind of religious environment which was very hard to navigate because i am gay as you know yeah mm -hmm. well like did you identify with it like did you like really accept the teachings and like yeah i was actually yeah for the for the longest i was very much involved with it and i wasn't really like like I wasn't very much thinking about my sexuality. Like I had a very innocent growing up. And I think partly was because my parents were very much like, like I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter. I wasn't, what? yeah, I wasn't allowed to, cause it had witch, witchcraft. I'm not saying that Harry Potter is super sexualized, but they were very like <laughs> it, protected. Is, I mean, it is now. <laughs> it is now, yeah. <laughs> it is now, I suppose. But um, yeah, I, I, I did not get to 
yeah, I was very secluded from stuff just because my parents were so religious. Mm, interesting. Even music, actually. Like, we only listened to Christian music. Oh, my gosh. So how long did that happen for? Like, at what age do you say you, like, kind of came out of the bubble? Uh, at what age? I was like, I need to listen to Britney Spears, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I think it was around, like, 15 that I started, like, going out and, and, and dance. I like dancing. So the only moments where I actually listened to non-religious music was for, like, Christmas uh, gatherings with family, from my mom's side of the family. Because they were, you know, they were Catholic and they were a bit more open-minded. Um, so I think people's perception is the opposite, where like Protestants are more open-minded. But in Latin America, at least from El Salvador, in El Salvador is the other way around, where Catholics are a bit more open-minded. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the only music we listened to that wasn't religious was at Christmas, which for me was like the most religious stuff I ever listened right. to. That's such a strange swap for the me. The opposite. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Like, so when did you like figure out when did you start having like hintings I always did so I remember the do you ever watch the movie Casper the ghost <laughs> <laughs> where is this you're, 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 no, I was not in love with Casper okay well maybe I was but when <laughs> Casper when yes. Casper becomes uh, an actual kid like the human form of Casper <laughs> that's when I first like really felt like oh mm, maybe I'm into boys and I was young I was very young so I was like I remember feeling something I was like very I was very attracted to the kid version of Casper <laughs> because you were also a child let's, let's yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also a child <laughs> okay same age love Good. yeah exactly not that that's yeah anyways and I mean since then I was like I remember like growing up being like repressing it or like asking God that I like I didn't want to be I think I, I hadn't I was I thought it was something that would change. I was like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not there yet. You know, like I am gonna grow up and eventually I'm gonna like girls. It's just how it is. I'm gonna feel sexually attracted to women. And I was just like oh. praying the whole way that I'm like, okay, please. Pray the gay way. Yeah, like, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my god. So like, did you have any like role models in your life? Like, did you see an example of someone being gay and like living that lifestyle? No. No. No, no, no. Everyone is so. Uh, yeah underground in in El Salvador I don't think like yeah even right now I'm like people who are gay are still very much like not outspoken about it I think it's changing though I think I'm starting to see like I follow a kid in in El Salvador who's like an influencer per se and I found him online uh, and I can see that well he's like in his probably early 20s and he's like very openly gay in his social media network and it's really interesting to see that because I hadn't, you know, like when I was his age, I didn't see that app, like, you know, happening in El Salvador. So, yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So like, is it illegal? Is it? No, 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 no. no. It's okay. not illegal, but like, it's not accepted. Like you can get, you know, it's, it's dangerous to show or express that, uh, especially in certain areas. I mean, El Salvador in general, certain areas you don't want to go to because just because it's, uh, but I mean, it's, I guess it's like that everywhere in the world, but in El Salvador, there's just like a lot more of danger zones that you have to just be careful around. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's totally places in every city where you just need to know not to go, right? At certain times of day. Yeah, for sure. So you grew up in a religious household in El Salvador. And then at what age did you come to Canada or did you move somewhere else first? I was 19 when I moved to Canada. Oh, wow. So yeah, I was uh, 11 years ago. I was 19, I came for school. 
And my first year at university, I was still in a closet. I was still in the closet. Yeah. Oh and my gosh. I can't even imagine yeah. Hunter in the closet. I, I was in the, and like everyone in my class, which just thought that I was very Latino. They just assumed that my, my, my flamboyance came from me being Latino and confident with like hugging or touching or being lively, but no. <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong so, uh... <laughs> yeah so but you were very much aware yeah, yeah at the time like yeah at the time I was like okay no I know that I'm gay I was actually excited to move to Canada because I was like I know that I'm gonna explore that part of me who I would that I have been repressing for so long wait so before you moved to Canada you were 19 did had you never explored anything like sexually before then this so my best friend at the time who is a is a straight guy or maybe not <laughs> maybe he's you know in the spectrum of queerness mm. he uh, I confided on him he was the first person I ever told and he actually one night we were just like kind of semi tipsy I guess after a night out and he came to my place and we started like wrestling it's so weird we started wrestling and then all of a sudden I landed in a way where I like landed on his private parts and I was like oh it's hard right now. <laughs> and then I kind of just went for it. <laughs> and that was like my first like ever gay experience. And it was weird because it was like with like my best friend, but at the same time it felt safe. And yeah, it got complicated with him. I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, my first gay experience was also with my best friend. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's. Were you also wrestling? <laughs> um, I think we were high on weed brownies mm, yeah, <laughs> so that yeah. really helped things along you know what I mean yeah 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 um but yeah no that's it seems to be a common pattern that like you know it's just such a safe environment it's a safe like and then if like something sparks it it's like oh oh yeah 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 I mean we said we we had to stop being friends for a bit because it happened multiple times after that mm. and then he was like I'm not gay like you know I'm Blah, 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 blah. I just like you so much. I love you. I'm just not. Kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he was just. I think he was just like he might be in. You know, again, a spectrum of weirdness. He might be like I don't know, somewhat bi. And, I mean, um, if he got turned on, yeah, then you know, somebody yeah. who's not on that spectrum won't be hard in that situation, probably. Totally, totally. Yeah. So that was my first, and then I came to Canada, and then I, yeah, I opened up and. It came a total slut. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Own it. Own it. Uh, yeah. So like, like you, so you went to art school. So, but that's mm -hmm. also like a very kind environment too, right? Oh my gosh. Art school was, yeah, it was insane. Like it was literally the, the definition of what art school, what do you imagine? What do you see in movies? Like, you know, my teachers would be like outside smoking the weed with the students and then going back inside to teach. And it was just like such a, yeah, and it was so creative and so open-minded and everyone was just so expressive in their own way. And it really opened up my, yeah, my mind. Like there's no, yeah, you cannot, you cannot be an art school and not be open-minded. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, they're probably just teaching you expansion of like your creativity and mm -hmm. like, yeah. I loved it. It was amazing. Yeah. So what was your focus in art school? So I um, studied uh, communication design uh in emily Carr university so it's uh graphic design essentially but their focus is very strategic so it's very much about solo uh, problem solving uh, uh through a uh, design and uh you oh, know wow. finding um yeah it was very very challenging 
in a good way. Like they were, they, it really made you think critically about how to solve problems through uh, your practice. Mm -hmm. Wow, it's so cool. It's like engineering, but art. Mm -hmm. That's like a better version of engineering. Because, yeah. like, I, I, I'm a, a more fun one. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely more fun. Although engineering school was pretty fun, but like, is that what you what you went to school for? Engineering? Yeah, that's what oh, I went to school for. It cool. was hard, but a lot, a lot of fun. That's good. Um, but like, it's yeah, it's problem solving. That's mm -hmm. I mean, that's what they should teach you, right? It's like university teaches you like how to think, right? Yeah. Versus like college will teach you like a skill and the trade right. and like train you for this job which there are benefits to both mm -hmm. agreed yeah I think Emily Carr is definitely not a technical school like they didn't teach you how to use a program they almost expected you to know it right you know from the get-go and then you what you came to school for was to you know get critiques uh, in small groups of people and find solutions and the teacher you know it was very it was very it was very much like that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. So has that like really, have you noticed that like really filtering into your life now? Oh, every, a hundred percent. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm always, I apply the same principles to everything that I do, where, whether it be my music, my work, my makeup, even like it, it, it I really do think about, okay, what is going to be the concept behind it, what is going to be the, the, you know, what the substance behind anything that I am doing and how is that going to be informed through every single thing that is involved in said element. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's a whole different like view on the creative process. Mm -hmm. It's actually quite simple. I mean, it's not simple, but, but it's hard to find the concept, but like once you find it, it's applying it, it's much more simpler because you have a plan. Mm. Mm -hmm. So if you could like, spur somebody forward in their creativity and like give them like the very 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 short version of like what you go through when you like think that out how would you right I guess so normally I start with like an idea right so for example I'll use a, a song that I'm I'm my next song is coming out which is called Dichoso Fui Dichoso Fui is means stands for I used to be happy that's the that's I used to be I know it's a sad, sad. it's a sad song oh. But it also happens to be the name of a bird in El Salvador. The song is about someone who I fell in love with who is in El Salvador. So, uh, and, and, and the bird is called that way because the sound of the bird sounds, it's a very sad chirp, like a, like a chirp, very sad chirping sound. So for my, for the song, which is about this person in El Salvador, uh, I'm using the bird sound incorporated into the song as an instrument. And I'm also, it is a sad song, of course, and it is the ballad of my album. So it, that's kind of like how, what I mean about concept is like, once you find it, like you're really try to amplify that through every channel that you can. Mm, okay. So like looking at it going, okay, so what other concepts can I bring into this? Like what colors amplify this feeling? Mm -hmm. What sounds? What? Okay. Totally. Nice. So for the visual aspects of my, of this uh, song when I do the ad campaign for it it's going to be a lot of birds and a lot of like bird sounds and I'm used to kind of use like flying and maybe the sky as part of it so it's like that's kind of I'm, I'm playing within those parameters that were defined by the bird mm, amazing and I'm just mm. picturing like just killer eye makeup <laughs> yeah exactly yeah very like I don't know I'm going to try to find some bird inspired makeup looks but make them my own more mm. like alieny kind of cool futuristic looking because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. the song has a lot of like that kind of it's a mix between uh so i'm using we're using a uh 
medieval chord. So it sounds very like old school and you'll, you'll hear it's very medieval-y, but we've brought a lot of like uh, beats to it that are very modern. So it's like a medieval modern ballad. It's, it's, it's a very unique song. I'm excited Ooh, for this one. I love it. So when is it going to come out? Um, probably January, end of January, I'm thinking, because their event has to come out. It's ready, but their event body video hasn't come out yet. So it has to like follow that chronology of, of time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, amazing. I'm realizing that we're talking about your music career, but haven't actually prefaced Introduced it. Introduced it, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, not at all. Like, I love hearing the creative process, and I love that we just walked through that. But uh, yeah, so for those of you who don't know, Handro is on Spotify. You can go find him, uh, and we'll give you the details later. But uh, yeah. Yeah. No, and it's been so incredible watching you, like, oh, just go you. through this, like, musical journey. And, yeah. like, I still remember you were my first friend on Spotify, right? Like, I now have a like well I have one more artist friend on Spotify now but like you were my first I was like oh my (laughs) oh my god I know somebody who's on Spotify and of course now this is literally (laughs) on Spotify right now and I'm putting it on Spotify so now it's like and like obviously I still freak out when I see my own name on Spotify or related to it but like you were my first friend on Spotify isn't that cool and I mean it's it's great that we have Spotify as a platform that yeah the digital world world has helped us yeah it's so accessible now that we can be whatever we want and do whatever we want nowadays well I'm, yeah. yeah and I'm so excited for you too with this podcast and I think it is important because I know it is I don't know if there's like the one topic but I like the fact that we're you're approaching it from a very like holistic angle in the sense of getting to understand the person holistically before we get to that one topic which is yeah, yeah. More like sexual expression and and how that is part of your own personal expression at the same time because yeah. there shouldn't be shame around it and there's a lot of that yeah, that's definitely one of the main missions of the podcast is just to kind of like not eliminate, but like really try to like attack that shame mm-hmm. and like diminish that shame around sex and your body. And yeah, that it is, it's you, like it's all just facets of you. Totally. And yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I'm obviously going through my own journey at the same time. And like, I'm slowly opening up my relationship. And so like, mm. we're like, we had a huge learning moment this weekend, which that'll be a whole other topic to discuss. <laughs> Let's not get into that yeah. today. Um, but we had like something really big happen this weekend and uh, yeah, it's just, it's a process, right? Yeah. It's not just like, Oh, I'm going to click this button and now we're going to be open. Like, it's like working with your partner and figuring out what works for you mm-hmm. specifically. Like mm-hmm. it's a whole the whole thing and then it, i think that the issue with when it comes to relationships is is uh, the fact that we don't grow up learning about jealousy and how to manage jealousy um, i think that growing up as kids you learn you know like this is how you deal with anger this is how you deal with sadness this is how you deal with happiness but when it comes to you know jealousy which is a very normal feeling to feel it's almost like if you make someone jealous you're the worst person you could ever be and if you're jealous, and there's so much shame around jealousy too, like mm-hmm. you don't talk about it, but it there's so much power in saying, hey, listen, I feel jealous because of this, right? As much, I'm, I'm mad because of this. I am happy. I mean, you don't talk about it when you're happy. You just enjoy the moment. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I- yeah. Like, so like, but jealousy, like it's a tool, right? Because it can show you where a boundary is, right? Mm-hmm. It can be like, oh, I'm too jealous. Or it's like, you can notice, or like you notice it like, oh, I don't want to feel this way. Like, this is, this is not a jealousy that's healthy. This isn't one that, like, why do you feel that, right? Like, mm-hmm. why is that there? Um, and then, yeah, sometimes it can just be this little tiny hat, like, healthy jealousy. Totally. You know, like, you see yes. your your person, your whoever, your lover, like, just, like, flirt it up and you go, oh, oh, but 
but I want that. No, no, yeah. no, 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 that's me. Right. And it just like reignites <laughs> that passion in you. And you're just like, Oh, all of a sudden, like these feelings are back. And right. Like that's so healthy to have yeah. like, throughout a relationship, mm-hmm. especially when it's really going to show the test of time. I, I agree a hundred percent. I think that, you know, the flame has to keep on living and there's different ways that, and I, I you know, I think monogamy in general isn't realistic for everyone. And I want to say that I, 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 would, I would like to, I actually think most people shouldn't be monogamous and, and they're not meant to be. We are, we, we've learned monogamy because that's what religion has shown us. And that's kind of like the, the Western way of approaching uh, relationships, right? Or like look at the Greek gods in all the statues. Totally, right? totally. Like, this didn't used to happen. No, there's other, there was other ways of, of approaching relationships. Uh, uh, yeah, and I think, again, I don't think, Open relationships, open relationships are for everyone, but I also don't think that monogamy is for everyone. I think it's exactly like, you know, the queer scale, the queer spectrum. Totally. It's, it's a spectrum, right? And it starts in monogamy and goes all the way to like completely polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And like, you just kind of need to find out where you're comfortable on that scale. Totally. Yeah. Totally. And like, yeah, you have like your own comforts and then like, yeah, meshing with a person and like really trying to work through it with a person is mm-hmm. like a whole other story i think we, in general society would feel would be happier i think we would feel more yeah more at peace with ourselves more trust more like more trust because i just feel like with openness there has to be an innate ability to be really good at communicating mm-hmm. and i think that that is beneficial in in every single aspect and and yeah being able to be open like that just yeah it, it means that you can apply that honesty and, and, and that communication to everything in life. And I, I think in general, it would be good if everyone was to be more honest with their partners. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, and I constantly hear that feedback from people is like people, uh, people who are in relationships where they're open or polyamorous or anywhere like on that spectrum are so much better communicators mm-hmm. and they're so straightforward. It's just like you ask for consent and it's either given or not. And you can just straight up ask right like any 100%. question it can be can I kiss you it can be can I fuck you right it can be yeah. like any level of just like do I have consent for this okay let's do it yeah right like it's just it's so straightforward it's so straightforward. and I think that we make a scenarios in our heads that are bigger than what that than what they are and when you come for example I am seeing someone right now we're not fully together together but we're almost there I'd say and one weekend I went out and I kissed someone else that wasn't him but a friend of in common saw me kissing this person. And so this person, my friend told this, told, told the guy that I'm dating. I'm not going to get into that because yeah. that was messy. But uh, the guy that I'm seeing uh, was very emotionally affected by that. And I, I could sense that there was something off, but he wasn't telling me. Mm. And so we had a conversation uh, on, on one day. And then I was like, I feel, I told him, I feel like there's something that you're wanting me to ask. To, we want, we're wanting to ask me. And you're not asking me. Mm. And then he opened up. He asked me. And when I told him the story, it was so insignificant. It was so insignificant for me. And when I told him exactly what happened, he started, he was laughing. He was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I was making this scenario in my head. And I was, I was just like, you know, like, I, I feel like, you know, I appreciate the fact that, you know, we had this conversation because it's not like I felt like I owed him anything. It was so insignificant, but it really goes to show that you know you can really solve things by just being honest and opening up and yeah 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 like there's I always feel so close to my partner whenever like we have those types of conversations 
even if it's theoretical, we were just like, so theoretically, like, what if this were to, like, what if we were to do this? What if like, this is how we would like allow each other to, you know, explore other sexual situations with or without each other. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and yeah, we, we love the word hypothetically and we go into hypotheticals, but yeah. right. And like, mm-hmm. and I always just feel so close to him. Yeah. Like, it's just right. And afterwards, and you just have this like expansion of love. Like, it's just, cause you could. Cause because you, it's acceptance yeah. and support. And you feel supported. You feel acceptance. You feel, you know, you feel, uh, yeah, you feel like you're able to be yourself and that's so beautiful. And I think, I mean, you're, you're in the spectrum of queerness as well. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, like there is accepted, there is, we all go through this journey of acceptance. And I think innately us, we go through that first. And that means that we just have to be more open-minded. And I think that's why we are maybe more open-minded to other sorts of, of spectrums. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually that's, a really good point that you kind of well I mean for myself like being bisexual means that like I always like I've, I've it took me a, I mean not a long time I'm only 27 but I went through a lot of work to try to figure out what I needed and the basicness like before you know you bring all the the threesomes and and mm-hmm. group sex or whatever else into it is that I realized I am romantically and like partnership wise attracted to men mm-hmm. and that's what I need and because like I've just I've never felt the same way about a woman mm-hmm. that I have about men there's just something about that dynamic that that's like what I crave and mm-hmm. whether or not that's learned that's just how it is and then I've always been very sexually attracted to women mm-hmm. and so it it took a little while for me to learn this and then when I did it was really really comforting because I was able to kind of like explain this to my partner and mm-hmm. say like look like there's there's nothing to be jealous about but like if we are going to be together for like longer than a year, let's say, like as a just imaginary bench point, like I'm going to crave this and I'm going to need it. And it's a need. It's not me yeah. saying, I want my cake and eat it too. And all that stuff. No, no. it's, it's a physical need. Totally. And once in a while, I just need a vagina. Yeah. And unfortunately you don't have one, you yeah. know, like it just, and so, yeah. And so being able to like know that is so nice. Yeah. yeah. Because it, yeah. And, and I, I think again, like that is your need. You communicated that to your partner and your partner was able to say, okay, I will make it work within what works with me. And that's beautiful. And I think if more people in monogamous relationships, quote unquote monogamous, were to open up, up about their needs, they would realize that maybe monogamy is not the answer for them and that they can work around it in a way that's healthier for both of each other, for, for both people. Right? Because yeah. like suppressing anything is never going to work, yeah. right? Suppressing the like, oh, that person's really attractive while you're walking down the street. Like, what if you could share that with your best friend, Yeah. right? Who might just happen to be your partner. What if you could be like, oh my gosh, that person's so beautiful. Look at them. Like, right. Like not objectifying, but like being like, oh my God, what a wonderful human. Mm-hmm. And you could, and then like, that would just be out. And the second you release it, you just have that like, oh Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's liberating for sure. Right. And I was never, I was not always like this though. And I think I was so jealous. I think and Latin American culture is very much like you are, you are mine and mine, you know, it's, it's very possessive mm. and that is part of our culture. And which is, which is what makes us very fire. We're very fiery, very passionate. And I'm not saying that everyone is, but I wouldn't, I would say that most people in America are very possessive. And that is part of the idea of, um, yeah, belongness. Like, you know, you are, you belong to me and I belong to you. And it's not so much a partnership, which is not, healthy mm-hmm. no, no. so I had to unlearn a lot of that and 
And I actually, I also have, you know, through, through, you know, sexual expression and, and exploration, I've realized that I am actually into voyeurism, which mm. so, but it's a very unique one. I don't, I don't like, I'm really like very, I don't like public sex in the sense that I get really anxious. Like I want, I like my privacy. I want to do everything in private, but I do like seeing my partner with other people. Interesting. And as an observer and as a participant as well, but like observing is really, really hot for me for a reason. I don't know why, but like, that's just how I am. <laughs> and I've learned that that's something that I need. And I, you know, I've talked to my partner to be, um, about that and we're kind of figuring out how that will work and look like for us uh, together which is very healthy mm-hmm. yeah right amazing I mean mm-hmm. it's, it's hard because you haven't like you have to be put in a situation where you can figure out that that's something you like and need mm-hmm. right like that's the thing if you never if you're not willing to go too far right and like I'm gonna hint again at this recent experience where like I went too far we we stepped so far over what we had discussed like we discussed our boundaries we discussed what was okay with us and then we just got kind of thrown into a situation where we were just so far in over our heads and like I I got hurt like I got very hurt Mm. because my boundaries were violated and I didn't even realize it was happening because it happened so fast and like all of a sudden within the experience like the, the sexual experience I just like it just caught up to me and I felt mm. it and like I had to run to the bathroom and just I just let loose and oh. bawled right and I couldn't even I had passed a boundary that I didn't even know like I had never experienced it at all mm. to the point where I couldn't identify the emotion I was feeling you're overwhelmed I'm so overwhelmed yeah. and uh and yeah I mean we're working through it and it's, it's totally it's gonna be fine. fine it's yeah. gonna be fine it's growth like that it's is growth yeah it was just like it was literal growing pains yeah it was just, but like you'd never discover what was good and what wasn't unless you were kind of willing to maybe make a mistake. Totally. Like anything in life, anything in life, you're going to make mistakes. And I wouldn't even call that a mistake. It's just an experience that shows you what your boundaries are and good for you for being open-minded and trying things out. Cause that takes a lot of, yeah, a lot of. Yeah. When I, when I think back and whenever I have like a, like a bad kind of twist to it, I always have to like kind of center myself again and go like, no, Chris, you were being brave. Mm-hmm. You were being open. You're mm-hmm. and like just repeating all those like good things in the way I want to see it, not the way that my like negative self sees it sometimes. And there's also a lot, and you know, like think thinking about why I felt this way, right? Like, why did I feel this way? Is it is it actually logical? Like, if I put mm-hmm. if I make sense of the situation, does it make sense? Like, does it logically make sense, or was it was it you know? Uh, did I feel that way because I was thought that I I should feel that way, which you know, which happens a yeah. lot. Like I need to be jealous because this isn't this is what, or I don't know what happened in your case, but I'm just giving a hypothetical example. Yeah. Like I I must feel jealous about this, therefore, and therefore, but if you know, because it's happened to me too, where I'm like jealous of something, and then I realize no, I'm being ridiculous. And sometimes I actually need to speak it out with to, to my partner and be like, hey, this is why I felt jealous, and they're like hearing their perspective makes me feel like okay no like validation of like okay no, i was being crazy or like right yeah, yeah like saying it out loud and mm-hmm. just being like by the way this is making me feel weird yeah right and they're just like oh interesting okay my perspective is this and you're like oh you're like oh yeah cool. all right yeah. <laughs> it's funny being open in communication is the answer yeah Who knew? it really is but yeah i was about to say like this kind of goes full circle back to jealousy like and like yeah to kind of just evaluating it figuring out why you feel this way and just being able to be like, 
this jealousy serves me. And like, this is actually me. And like, this goes too far or like, actually, no, this is not what I want to be jealous. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like working yeah. on disabling the jealousy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think jealousy is such an, again, like, I don't think we, we grow up learning how to deal with that emotion very much. No. And like, we're given, I mean, personally, I was given examples of a lot of monogamous relationships Mm -hmm. because also like it's it's one of those things that is hard to share with like a child of a certain age totally and yeah like so we just get all these examples of of jealousy and of breakups over cheating like but like to the extent where like one of my exes I remember he he said that or okay so I was trying to talk tell him about my need to you know be with women mm-hmm. right and that was just not okay with him even though I was coming to him and discussing he was like no that's cheating and you could tell it was like this learned response right that like that's cheating like immediately at the time I was, I was quite a bit younger and like it wasn't exactly the common thought of most people around me that was like no but we get to define what cheating is Mm-hmm. right that's that's our choice this is our relationship this yeah. has nothing to do with anyone else yeah we define the boundaries we define the rules and we define what cheating means mm-hmm. and this doesn't that's such a dirty word why would you throw that in there i'm yeah. asking if you give me consent that's not i'm not breaking your trust yeah yeah right yeah yeah it's like yeah exactly you both have to have a set the boundaries and and yeah and i think at the end of the day like again it's all about communication and making sure that you're there to support each other and yeah yeah but it's it's exciting I mean like I think I mean going back to I know that we're debating back to from point to point but how I I used so music has been a really great outlet for me to be more okay with my expression when it comes to the exterior appearance so like I've you know since I've become an artist I have to you know of course promote my music but you know, that means that I have to be more of a, you know, more in the public eye and which is very nerve wracking because I am putting a lot of my heart, my work, my emotions into music that I'm putting it out there for people to listen to, to critique, to, I am putting myself in the public eye and it's both, it's been both very, very nerve wracking and giving, it gives me anxiety sometimes, but also very liberating. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has allowed me to express myself in other way so my latest song revenge body it's it's a very not maybe not to the point of like wap you know <laughs> but like it's not wet as pussy but wap. for me <laughs> for me little handro it's a lot i mean i talk in the in in the lyrics i talk about going and finding a guy or two you know mm-hmm. like and yeah. and it's and coming from like a my family's still very christian like yeah you know like they are not liking my posts for sure <laughs> Um, and so it's like, it's, it's been a lot of, this year has been a lot of learning on how to be open in every way, like personally with my relationships, but also um, with the public in general. And yeah, it's, it's both exciting. I, I, I found if anything more support than ever. Mm-hmm. And I found that I am less scared of being myself with others and myself and I'm doing makeup now. I do yeah, started playing with makeup even, and I mm-hmm. love it, and I want to keep on doing it. I feel so fierce and powerful, and I, I don't know, it's almost like putting, like, your superhero mask on. I, I yeah. love it, so. I mean, makeup is, like, or what is it, like, beauty's inside, and then makeup is art, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's just art, 
or oh my god favorite quote from rupaul is like um you're born naked and the rest is dry the rest is dry yeah <laughs> yeah of course and i like i i actually think that in the future near future more guys are gonna start wearing makeup and mm -hmm. more guys are gonna be more in, in both straight and gay and everything like i think there's gonna be more expression and, and fluidity when it comes to gender expression which is very exciting oh my gosh yeah like this and it won't be like masculine or feminine or male or female to like express yourself mm -hmm. and want to decorate your body with clothing and makeup and jewelry right like that's just part of your personality like that that, that has nothing to do with gender no. at all right yeah. like yeah that is like some people just don't care like yeah. my partner doesn't give a shit about yeah. like all these things and like i like to dress them up because it turns me on but like he doesn't care yeah right yeah. so like and that has nothing to do with our genders no and i feel like you know that there's so many repressed straight men right now mm. that are way more feminine that they would want to be that, that they that they are and they're not able to express that through their fashion and their exterior appearance just because of they're afraid or scared and as we deconstruct these notions of femininity and masculinity more guys are going to be more okay with expressing that regardless of their uh you know sexuality yeah no it's exciting i'm excited for for the future like you know in rupaul's drag race the latest season there's the first cis gendered white person doing drag yeah he's a guy he's straight and he's gonna be he's in rupaul's drag race doing drag i have to think about that for a second yeah amazing yeah oh cool straight guy do you think they'll ever get to like drag kings Ooh, i feel like it's less interesting for people and so maybe yeah. they won't go there and it's not it's not so much it's not so much about i just feel like femininity there's so much power in femininity like mm. i am embracing more of my feminine power through makeup i think but not really i mean it's, it is and it's not i feel like it's for me it's more like looking edgy and yeah maybe feminine but like i think it's art it's art like it's, yeah. it's expression it's art it's expression yeah yeah but no i don't know i think drag kings i maybe i don't want to be close-minded i'm trying to <laughs> I, I was like i don't want to sound no say it say it i just i maybe i just have been as exposed to drag queen drag kings to say oh my gosh i am you know i get so excited to see someone perform like a man also because i don't know women okay this is the thing i feel like there's some already in 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 general the idea of men being powerful is so normalized. Yes. That that yes. that being woman, a woman and being powerful is so much more exciting because it's less likely that you can achieve that. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, you kind of nailed it a little bit on the head. So for example, like Beyonce, there's like you pop like I feel like when you think of Beyonce, you're like, holy, like right? oh, it's so powerful. Even like you think of Harry Styles as his most empowered, it's when he's dressing super feminine. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, I guess there's there's not as much exposure with drag kings. There's not right, and then there's less like there's less like shock value, I think, in like the general public. Yeah. So like people who like aren't right, it would just kind of almost look like women trying to be men. Yeah. Right. Instead of like this is just it's almost like it's almost right? like it's almost like a downgrade. But right? also, I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want it to seem like I'm like diminishing the art the no, artistry because no. there is so much talent in that space as well. Mm -hmm. Again, it might be just because I haven't been as exposed to it. Maybe I have to be more open-minded to that. I don't know. I, but again, I do think that it is partly because you think men, men, man, manly power is easy power, whereas feminine power, it's, it's harder to achieve and harder to, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I feel like more women need to be more 
empowered and that's exciting <laughs> yeah no for sure and for like me. and right it's exciting the idea that like dressing up like a, yeah just the idea that dressing up like a woman makes you feel empowered mm-hmm. it's like oh my gosh that's so amazing yeah like you want to be like us um or like there's no us and them but you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah 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 I think we're both we're both like touching this or embracing the feminine energy within you because yes. everyone has feminine and masculine energy but embracing your femininity and, 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 and taking power in it it's so empowering because we're not we're we've, we're taught that you know women or the feminine power is less powerful for whatever reason which isn't right no not yeah. at all yeah exactly yeah when I was so when I was a kid I was like a tomboy and mm. I think around the age of seven, when I started going by Chris instead of my full name, which I will not say because I, it's not me, but uh, it's a little longer and a little more feminine. And yeah, at seven years old, I told my whole family, I was like, call me Chris. And they're all just like, okay. How old were you? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Well, you were young. I was young and I was tomboy. And so it was kind of, it was, it was a little bit because both my sister and I were very like obsessed with nicknames because mm. like like we were just like oh they're so cool and so like I was like haha I get a nickname because my sister's name can't really be shortened and she was kind of mad about that and it was kind of funny um and so I shortened mine and then like I just I wore boys clothing uh, my aunt was uh my aunt's gay and so like mm. yeah like there's I have several family members in my like close family that are um that are gay and so that was like right it was very easy for yeah. me it was very like super comforting and like there was never any worry that I would be judged at all and like just you know, so much love um in my family but yeah like she would she was specifically the one who would buy me boys clothes because she knew I wanted them and my mom would be like what are you doing don't buy your boys clothes <laughs> and, I was, and I was so happy to to get them although I did kind of have a moment where I wore the same shorts as a boy in my class oh no when I was about like 10 years old and that was a that was a wake-up moment for me because yeah and then eventually I just like slowly came into my feminine side right and I slowly was like oh no I like being female yeah. oh this is amazing I love the power that I wield I love like how I express myself this way I just yeah and just slowly just like I almost went from male to female in a way right yeah like at a very young age of just like yeah yeah slowly coming into that power yeah that's super interesting to me I think for me, it was growing up, it was the opposite where, you know, like my, my dad was like, don't run around. Cause I, you know, like, don't, don't scream like a girl. Don't do like, you know, like very, there was a lot of like, don't do this like a girl. But I feel like if that hadn't been the case, if it was celebrated, I think that I would have been more feminine than, than what I am now. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think in general that happens with every boy. Like I think boys, even straight boys could be more feminine what they, than what they are. If, if they were to to learn at a younger age that it's okay to be feminine and there's power within that too yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i mean we're we're monkeys right we we see <laughs> and we, we copy right it's like the mirror effect yeah. right yeah and so like we're looking at monogamy me and we're going oh let's copy that and we're looking at oh this is the gender role right yeah and like even so like my partner grew up with only women and so like he's so connected to his feminine side right. like people think he's gay all the time because he just like He's so comfortable. He's so comfortable yeah. in that. And like, like he grew up with a gay mom and like, she just taught him to be whoever he wanted to be, you know? Yeah. And like, yeah, no, there's, there's, you can really tell when a man has grown up with female influences, especially strong ones, or if they've only grown up around men. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I know your partner and, and, and he's very, like when I, my experiences with him have been always very pleasant in the sense that he feels very genuine 
-hmm. and I can see how at ease he is and how happy he is and how yeah now that you're saying that it makes so much sense like that's what a healthy man should be and and like you know someone who is able to express themselves fully in both masculine and feminine sides mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's really it's really wonderful because like he allows me to kind of occupy that like masculine space sometimes mm -hmm. like when i need to and he like even like early on like this was our like second week of dating so like this was like our third or fourth date and i just you know i needed to we were probing each other at that point right we were like what if this what if this like just just testing to see like what they were like we were both accepting of um because we we knew that it was going to be something pretty strong but we needed yeah we needed to test those things right it was like quick boundary testers almost and uh one of them was like what if oh i was because so i have a binder um mm. like you know it flattens your boobs like oh, the, yeah, yeah. the, the mm -hmm. trans binder i'm not trans but i like being masculine sometimes like i wore a tour the other day and mm. i got a look oh my god like by who like somebody i work with but i couldn't tell whether or not it was like aren't there usually boobs there you know like it was right. like this like it was the flick down right it was the, i'm looking at your eyes and now i look at, I look right, at your chest because right, right. it was an older male coworker, and i work in a very male environment yeah, engineers um, right yes and this was like at the works here too so this was even more like just male dominated very cis white man kind of situation and i was very confused i was like i'm wondering if you're looking down because you're like you're like wondering what it's, it's like when you look and you think there's a tree there but the tree was cut down and like your eyes are like what's missing right you know it's like almost like that confusion they were so confused so confused but yeah that was a really interesting experience and i was trying to unlock how i felt about that afterwards but yeah, so I, I, in this conversation with my partner, going back to that, like, I was like, well, what if I like dress like a man sometimes? What if I dress androgynously? Like, does that bother you? And he was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And like, even sometimes he's like, are you sure you're not a they, them? Are you sure you're not right. non-binary sometimes? And I'm like, no, no, I'm definitely a she, her. Like, I just know that about myself. But yeah, it's just, it's so nice to have somebody who's like, even just questioning for me, right? Yeah. He's just like, are you sure? Yeah. Because you could be, he even is just like, if like he's not attracted to men he's straight i won't get into his whole yeah, yeah. his spectrum yeah. but like he's like full-on be like yeah like if like I, I love you and if you wanted to like transition i would still love you whoa right i would still just be there because i love you as a person that is so cool right there are a lot of stories i got more recently I, going back to rupaul's drag race there is a contestant in canadian the canadian the latest season of rupaul's drag race Kendall Gender, who is amazing, by the way, if you haven't seen her, go check her out. Uh, yeah, she is. So, of course, uh, I don't know that her uh, her boy name, but they were dating someone who transitioned to female, male mm -hmm. to female. And now, yeah, now he's dating a girl. And he's like, yeah, he's like, he loved the person before when that person presented male. And now he's dating his beautiful girlfriend which is super exciting and i think there's more more of that more of more of those stories coming out and and yeah it's it's a testament that love wins right mm -hmm. and that when it's like real love you love the person like totally you know yeah but i mean i would also really i would completely understand if somebody was like yes like i, I simply just can't see you the yes. same way anymore like i get that yeah, I got um, that too. And whether or not that's, you know, conditioned or just who you are, like, that's totally cool, right? Like, yeah. if you're straight and you know you're straight and you're just 
stock straight. Like it's, it's cool. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't think there is like everyone is a different person. We're all built differently. Right. So. Yeah. Damn. Well, thank you so much for going through that with me and for unpacking all those unconsciously programmed gender norms and for sharing your views. Um, so I want to wrap up soon, but before we do, I just wanted to quickly go back and just quickly touch on your music again, because I am so, so proud of you for getting it all out there. And so I'm so curious, how has your music allowed you to expand your self-expression? Because since you've been releasing your art, I've noticed or I've seen that you've you seem to have grown so much. And so I'd love to hear about how that journey has been for you. It's felt like very nerve wracking. So when I released Re Revenge Body, which is my, again, most like most sexual song. And I was, I was so anxious that day that I did not enjoy the release day. Hmm. And you know, social media, you have to put on a different face. So I was like, please listen to my song. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. But like the reality was that I was struggling mentally that day because every time you could put out a song it's so personal it's a little piece of of emotion that has been guarded within you and then of course music was my release like when i was writing music all of the songs are honest like even revenge body which has the crazy like the silliest lyrics i did feel that way at some point in my life and it all all goes back to my personal experience that said like we talk about growth and pain Mm -hmm. that anxiety is part of of has opened like since I released a song I feel like I am way more comfortable with expressing my sexuality mm. in social media yes. so again there is that aspect that it was just a component of growth like that feeling of anxiety of nervousness was just me going through that learning experience of okay this is what it feels like being openly sexualized in the public eye yeah and so moving forward it's less scary for less scary for me to you know be more expressive or maybe a bit more sexy in my stories or maybe a bit more and you know what the thing is i again like it we it's it's part of who i am like i am i'm intelligent i am funny i am uh caring i am giving i am sexual fuck yes i am fuck all of these yes. things and it's 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 exciting to think that you know you get to see a little bit of me in every single way and I, yeah, why, why should there be shame around that? And if anything, I think that it's, it's helped it. I would hope that it would help others feel the same way about themselves, you know, and it starts with acceptance and then it can translate to anything else, a happier life, a better relationship, open communication, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Starts with self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I'm, I'm curious about you said that you have to be somewhat different on social media right do you do you think you have to be it's funny because i'm like when i look at my no i i am who i am in social media like that's me mm -hmm. but at the same time i've gone through such a transition phase and uh, you know I, this year has been also a very spiritual year for me a spiritual development and in the way of like okay what what does life really mean what is life and you know there's everything it's man-made. It's all constructed. The, the fact that we have to eat three times a day, that's constructed. We didn't used to eat three times a day when we were... Our city is a construct. Yeah. It's a fake world. Money is a construct. Yeah. Money is a construct. The fact that, you know, like it's literally digits on a screen and that's our value. And that's, and so I'm thinking, you know, well, I, I'm going to be who I, 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 I want to be and uh, who I wish I was. And I was just like, you know, I'm just, and then, you know, it just happened that I also was releasing music and I was like, I'm just going to be who I always wanted to be. 
which is me, right? Yeah. I've always wanted to be me. I just now I'm expressing it more. And yeah, I think it's really cool that I'm uh, through music. I've been able to showcase that a bit more and I'm seeing a lot of, yeah, I, 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 you know, like you, you, like you said, you know, like it's exciting to see you come out and be yourself. And, and the fact that I've always been this, it's just, I have now presented it more. I'm more okay with myself and it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited for, for myself. And, and if anything, I hope that I can help others be more okay with themselves too, which is yeah. Art, music, everything, art. right? Art. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I love that so much. It was such a wonderful conversation. Yeah. This has been very, very much, I don't know what I expected. (laughs) I mean, right? Like, start on one topic and you just, it goes, right? Yeah. I thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm so excited for you and this new chapter. I know that, yeah, you've been, I think you've been wanting to do this for a while. and, And yeah, I'm so excited for the next episodes and all these conversations. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for being on. And if people want to follow your journey, follow your music, where can they do so? Yeah. So, um, well, my name is Handro and I'm, I, it's spelled as if it was written in Spanish. So you're going to do, it's going to be typed J-A-N-D-R-O-U. Uh, and you can find me in all major streaming platforms. So Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, you can find me in there too. Anywhere. Yeah amazing okay we'll put it down in the show notes and spell it out there for everyone and once again thank you so much for being my very first guest and with that we come to the end of this episode of reclaim your radiance thank you so much for joining this week i hope you enjoyed your time with us and came away with something valuable if you want more and simply cannot wait until next week come join us online we have a couple of really exciting communities that are being built first we have a facebook community with the name reclaim your radiance where we talk about all sorts of topics related to the podcast and tons that aren't. It's a community of like-minded souls who want to dive deeper into these things and keep the conversation flowing. Secondly, you can sign up for our mailing list to receive occasional bonus content. The current bonus being offered is a daily self-love checklist or a quick guide to having more mindful and connected sexual experiences. And that can of course be with yourself or with others. You do you. And you can also get both downloadable and printable and ready to be of service to you in your life. And lastly, coming soon to a computer near you, is our patreon come along and join us for extra content regular community meetups fun swag one-on-one time with yours truly and so much more stay tuned for that head on over to the episode notes and the show description to find those links and i hope to see you online soon all right everyone until next week stay radiant